Welcome back to Africa's Lit. I am here. Today is Wednesday, July 15th, in studio with a special guest, Nifraz Rifaz. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great, Daniela. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. So, Africa's Lit is uh, our. We call it an African Literature Book Club on air. And um, basically, the this show follows uh, Africa Center Hong Kong's book club and their book choices. And um, on this show, I will discuss the book, play some music, find some clips of the author. And uh, in today's case, I have a guest. So thank you very much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me here, Daniela. Awesome. We yeah. we met at the book club, right? It, exactly, yes. <laughs> it yeah. was, um, I'd say, almost a year and a half ago. It was the second book club that they have ever had. And we were discussing Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. Um, little did I know that you are a writer. Yes, I am a writer. <laughs> yeah, so you've been in Hong Kong for how long? I've been in Hong Kong for almost four and a half years now. Awesome. Have yeah. you been writing longer than that or only when you arrived so i've been writing longer than that okay yes so um we will be discussing today the uh hong kong writers circle and they recently published an anthology and uh you are in it so we will discuss your short story hashtag bored and blessed yes um along with today our book is the number one ladies detective agency that was written by Alexander McCall Smith. And I opened today's episode with a song called Le Chale by V. And Le Chale or V actually is known in the Kwaito Kwasa genre of music. Kwaito Kwasa is a fusion of South Africa's Kwaito and Central Africa's Kwasa Kwasa music. So the combined sounds are unique to Botswana. And I chose Botswana. Well, I didn't really choose it. But our story is uh, the number one ladies detective agency is set in Botswana. So uh the number one ladies detective agency is a series. I've, it's almost 20 years long, if not a little longer. And uh, the 21st book in the series will be is, is set to be published in September. So this series even made its way to BBC One and HBO with Jill Scott. She's a famous uh, singer in the US as a protagonist, Emma Ramotswe. So... Um, what it does is we read the first of the series and it, it the story follows her as she solves a number of different cases around the country. So, um, Nifraz, we mentioned Hong Kong Writers Circle. Can you tell me a bit about what that is? Yeah, what it is, how to join or how you found how you found it? Yeah, it was very because I think it's because I'm a very curious person. Okay. <laughs> right. So when I moved to Hong Kong, because obviously, you know, because you're, you're homesick. Mm. So, you you know, you look for people, things to do. And that's how, in fact, I even found out the African club. Okay. And plus, that's how I, I even joined the Hong Kong Writers Circle. Uh, so I've been writing uh, for a long time. Mm -hmm. So mainly fiction. Uh, so short stories that has been my genre nice. uh, but what, what was interesting was when I came here I found out there were 
I was not alone. There were like you know so many people just like me, you yeah, know, who were, who were, who've been homesick and been trying, to, you know, who had time to do things, and you know, uh, so Hong Kong Writers Circle is a a member organization which kind of you know which brings all sort of writers together. Uh, I would say you know experienced ones, uh, new p- ones, uh, songwriters, poets, uh, different types of writers from different you know, sort of genres. And what we do is we kind of you know create this platform for them to like you know to uh, to share their knowledge. Uh, so uh, we've the Hong Kong Writers Circle have been founded in 1991. It's been in uh, existence for more than 25 years. Nice. That's a long time. Yes. Uh, so it's a very supportive. Uh, nurturing sort of you know a group which encourages people to sort of you know share their thoughts and what i like about it is um they do have different types of events they have talks they do have workshops and also every year uh, they also publish an anthology which which is great because and each year there's also a theme uh you know uh, yes so this year's uh, or let's say 2019's theme was or the the title was coming to our senses yes can you speak more on that yeah so again if i mean if you look at the top it's a very sort of you know it's a, i mean it's a very vast topic so it was very difficult even to like you know to figure out okay what am i supposed to write uh, so we were encouraged to sort of you know, come up with a story you know about you know what what does it mean to you know what does coming to your senses mean to you mm-hmm. and maybe you know come with a story uh, so what was interesting was uh, when the topic came to me i really used this you know uh, sort of platform to sort of you know, unravel my hong kong experience as an immigrant what I encountered. So I would like to talk about the story, you know, in detail uh, during the show. Yes. Uh, so it was interesting because I would say 33% of uh, the content in the story is like things that I've actually experienced. What I've actually like personally encountered. Mm-hmm. And there were things which people have told me. Uh, and also there were a bit of, you know, imagination. So that's how, you know, so the, the story came about. Um, I asked you before we met today to put uh, give me a list of some songs, um, and you gave me a list of three songs. Can wh- I'm going to play um, right now? I'm going to play MIA Borders. Can you tell me why you chose this song? Uh, yeah, I mean because because I'm uh, Sri Lankan. Yeah. Uh, so because why I like MIA is because Sri- she's also Sri Lankan British. And I really like the way she kind of used music to sort of, you know, to sort of, uh, sort of voice, you know, to make a to make a point through her music, so, because that's exactly what I'm trying to do in my stories. Because I believe, uh, because each story has to make an impact uh, to the world, uh, because there are so many stories untold. So I use uh, fiction as a medium mm-hmm. to tell my stories. So, so most of the lyrics. Uh, which MIA uh, sort of produces. I mean, I could resonate, you know, what she's trying to sort of, you know, convey. Uh, so I see kind of a similarity between, you know, what, what our mandate is. And I love this song, Borders, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, well, here we go. This is Borders by MIA. So you are listening to Africa's Lit. I'm your host, Daniela, and today I have special guest, Nifraz Rifaz. We are talking about the number one ladies book club. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) The number one ladies detective agency. This was um, a book that we read at the book club. And uh, today, Nifraz is here to discuss his short story, Hashtag Bored and Blessed, which is part of the um, Coming to Our Senses. It's the Hong Kong Writers Circle latest anthology so um nifraz you're mentioning you 
were new to Hong Kong and you were looking for ways to connect with other people and you found the Hong Kong Writers Circle. I wanted to ask if you think or do you know um, if you are the first Sri Lankan who is part of the Hong Kong Writers Circle? I think so, pretty much, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Do you feel any <laughs> duty to represent the country I kind of felt that because I had to, because I also felt that I was also like one of the, the brown person mm -hmm. because what I realized is because being in Hong Kong because I'm a very open-minded person so I'm the person who would like you know go to anywhere and would try to make a connection and what I've uh, also witnessed was people were sort of you know operating in silos here so that also like you know sort of uh, made me think okay why do people because you know the hong kong writers circle has a, a certain kind of sort of you know a group mm -hmm. and also you, you you got similar sort of you know writers clubs within hong kong but they've been sort of you know operating in sort of you know in their own sort of you know boxes so uh, so that kind of you know sort of um, made me thinking so that's why i kind of use this anthology as a platform to sort of chip in a story which also you know, talks about you know things which are n uh, normally not discussed during you know among uh, a certain kind of people all right so would you read us an excerpt from uh, hashtag bored and blessed yeah so i could yeah so let me just um select one right so so in this part uh, it's a conversation because normally what happens is when someone comes to hong kong for the first time they look for a, a flat Yes. An apartment to live. So this is a conversation between uh, this person, the, pro the main protagonist and uh, uh, the agent. Okay. Right. So this is how it goes. So, so, so the main protagonist, he's, uh, he's actually wait, wait, waiting at the station uh, for the agent to come. Where are you? I'm inside the station near exit C next to the 7-Eleven. My voice caused several people to turn in my direction. I looked around. Are you the lady with the blue cap? I'm here. Ah, is that you? Under the blue baseball cap, a tiny woman with a big black boots, tight blue jeans and a low-cut leopard print top approached me with a scowl. She was carrying a maroon handbag and a cup of coffee. The cops who were standing nearby approached the woman and said something. They stepped away, looked at me and they left. Is that you? She said while approaching me, disappointed. I thought you were white. There was an awkward silence. I didn't know what to say. What kind of statement was that? You speak great English. She broke the silence while losing the grip of her coffee cup and dropping it on the floor. The cup bounced and settled next to the trash bin. It was empty. Yes, I speak perfect English. But I thought you were British. I told the landlord you're from England, she said, looking directly into my eyes. Well, I'm not sure what that has to do with renting a flat in Hong Kong. She looked at me and smiled again. Sorry, the house is already rented. What? I thought the landlord was fine with the rent. It's the month of Ramadan. I have been fasting. and I've been waiting for you for almost 20 minutes at the station. And now you tell me that I can't get the flat? What is Ramadan? Never mind, I replied, rolling my eyes. I thought you were white, she said again. The landlord doesn't like to rent to Indians. What? Why is that? The previous tenants were Indians and they left a smell behind. The owner says that it smells like curry in there, all the time. The thing is that Hong Kong people don't like the smell of curry. Hang on. 
Are you serious? I paused. But what made you think I'm Indian? You're black. Stop. Are you colorblind? I'm not black, I'm brown. I pointed to my black t-shirt and said, this is black. And I pointed at my arm and said, this is brown. And what makes you think all brown people are Indian? She smiled. And what makes you think I eat curry? I like to eat fish and chips. I've had it. I really don't want this house, I declared. This is utter rubbish, I continued. I wished I'd filmed this conversation and posted on YouTube my first viral video trending number one. If you're not Indian, where are you from? Very detailed conversation and so many issues come up with that, right? Yes. So you've got the agent, uh, I guess a local agent, trying to find a flat for someone she's only met over the phone who yep. speaks perfect English, whatever that means, and has made her assumptions. And I guess the the land person, landowner or yep. landlord also has their yeah ideas of who they want to rent it to. Um, you mentioned pulling from your experiences, others' experiences, and even just your imagination. Yes. Was this a real experience? Well, this is a real experience. This is something actually some, someone had told me before I was looking for an apartment. Oh. And actually, even when I look for an apartment, the first thing they would ask me is like, you know, where are you from? And uh, the moment like, so they assume I'm Indian and they would refuse to give me the apartment. But the moment I say I'm Sri Lankan, they're fine with it. Wow. Yeah. So I moved flats like two months, two, a month ago. And I've experienced the same. Wow. Yeah. Even though you've been here for four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's something. <laughs> it, it's unfortunate. It doesn't really make any sense really yeah exactly so i think that's where i see the power of you know the fiction you know because mm -hmm. because i was able to sort of you know put that into writing i was able to like tell this story to a lot of people and uh, even initially when i told this like you know when this really happened to me when i told people they've never believed me even when my friends told me about this when i landed here even i didn't believe i was like apprehensive I'm like really i don't think so right but it does happen yes it's uh Although a real experience, one of the beautiful things about fiction is that it teaches or, you know, it has a power to invoke empathy in us because we are in the mind and in the life of someone else, whether we're from where they are from or have the same experiences. But um, you're right. It's great that you've written this story, a, a true story. And hopefully people who read it can just think about what it's like for someone from, yeah. Yeah, yeah, immigrating to Hong Kong and what that means for them when they're just simply looking for somewhere to live. Yeah, and uh, so the, one of the funniest ex example yesterday. So yesterday, so I went to this Indian restaurant. So I was wearing this face mask. Mm -hmm. I was holding this, carrying this bag. Uh, and then I, after my, you know, I walked in and the people who were working there assumed that I've, I've come to collect some, you know, food. Oh. That I work for a sort of a delivery company. <laughs> so that yeah. again, sort of, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> It made me smile. Yes, yeah. yes. How, how you kind of, you, know, you tend to sort of, you know, judge people right. just based on how they look. Right. Um, I wanted to touch on the number one ladies detective agency because um, our author, uh, Alexander McCall Smith, is of British descent. Um, he is white. He lives in Scotland. But he wrote the story of precious Ramotswe and she is a Tswana woman 
in Botswana. Um, before we go into the book any further, I did want to play a, a clip of Alexander McCall Smith um, reading an, ex- an extract from the very beginning of the very first book of uh, the number one ladies' detective agency. Mara Motswe had a detective agency in Africa at the foot of Kali Hill. These were its assets, a tiny white van, two desks, two chairs, a telephone, and an old typewriter. Then there was a teapot in which Mara Motswe, the only lady private detective in Botswana, brewed redbush tea, and three mugs, one for herself, one for her secretary, and one for the client. What else does a detective agency really need? Detective agencies rely on human intuition and intelligence, both of which Maramotswe had in abundance. No inventory would ever include those, of course. But there was also the view, which again could appear on no inventory. How could any such list describe what one saw when one looked out from Maramotswe's door? To the front, an acacia tree, the thorn tree which dots the wide edges of the Kalahari, the great white thorns a warning, the olive-grey leaves, by contrast, so delicate. In its branches, in the late afternoon, or in the cool of the early morning, one might see a go-away bird, or hear it, rather. And beyond the acacia, over the dusty road, the roofs of the town under a cover of trees and scrub bush, on the horizon, in a blue shimmer of heat, the hills, like improbable, overgrown termite mounds. That was Alexander McCall Smith reading an extract from his very first book, the very first chapter of the series, The Number One Ladies Detective Agency. And so my guest today, Nifraz, we were discussing the power of of fiction and story writing and how it can bring about empathy in the readers. Um, Alexander McCall Smith will discuss, um, I guess, his style as a writer in just a little bit, but what he has done and one thing that's come up with this particular series is even though he is a white man writing um, from the point of view from a black woman living in Botswana, he, in this particular extract, he is very descriptive of uh, not only her office, but of Botswana. And that's one thing that he has been, um, I'll say the word praised for, is that he has created a, an, a beautiful image of Botswana, not only in its landscape, but also of the people and of the way it's run. Almost, almost as it's, um, some may say, we brought this up in our book club, that it can even set an example for other um, countries, Southern African countries, um, to follow because they have done so well economically um, as a country. So in terms of these details, whether it's a setting the setting or um, in a short story where you may not have that much time to write, you know, the kind of give that imagery, what is the focus? Where do you place your details in a short story? So normally, because uh, I think it's a very it's a, it's a very cha- challenging genre. So what I would do is I would make sure it's very conversational. So I make sure the details are in the conversations, right? So the, during the dialogues and uh, the characters that I choose, I'm very sort of selective. 
because each person because you you can't use you know as many people as you wish you can only use one or few characters so you have to be very clear as you know what these characters are and what these characters are intended to sort of you know portray in the story uh so i think it's dialogues and you know yeah yeah the you tension did, yeah. yes you did that really well actually um and not only was there a dialogue and limited characters it it really got the story uh the point of the of the story the message came through um what i really liked about it was because it's called well hashtag bored and blessed um just these hashtags kept coming up that i guess are in the in the mind of the protagonist and they're hilarious they just kind of everything he sees or he thinks about he's like hashtag this hashtag that so um with this short story were i guess where did the idea of, of a hashtag come from yeah because again because uh, one of the challenges was because i had like you know, a limited number of like words because i could the, the maximum number of words that we could use was 5000 so i and I, I had a very powerful story because when i start, i mean if you had if you had seen my first draft it was very sort of you know it was very deep uh and it was very sort of you know it was meaty but then when i was discussing with uh, the editor what he she said was you know nifraz it's it's a different genre and you know you, you i mean i understand that you have a story to tell but you have to tell in a way where it doesn't sort of hurt anybody so what i did was i kind of used humor to tell this story so it doesn't offend anybody mean in the meantime what i did was uh, i also used uh, i made sure the the main character was a social media addict uh so with that sort of aspect you know uh given to the story what i did was i also used uh hashtags to 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 kind of summarize his thinking uh, i mean what what he was experiencing was also sort of you know uh was also sort of you know uh further sort of you know described uh, in the form of hashtags uh, so kind of also shows shows the the contrast whereas you know he wouldn't want uh, to be judged whereas you know he would also sort of you know would need validation from uh the online world you know right. uh, just to make sure that you know whether he's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but he's still still valued. Exactly, still yeah. Still being listened to. Um in terms of judgment in the book in uh, number 1 Ladies Detective Agency, uh Ma Romatswe is the first woman to set up a detective agency and she faces her fair share of judgment from men and women, professional to non-professional, to you know, kind of civilian to neighborhood uh, people in the neighborhood. Um, I wanted to play a clip from the TV series of uh, when Ma Ramatswe meets a woman. She is crying and she is now introducing herself and her services. Ma, I couldn't help seeing you reading that leaflet. I am the lady detective it refers to. D do you want a tissue? Thank you. Sit down. I'm Petal Sipambe. It's my husband. He has been missing for the last two weeks and I, I, I do not know what to do and who to turn to for help. You can turn to me. Please, ma. 
Tell me more. His name is Peter. Last year he joined this new church group. I think they call themselves the Apostolics. Do you think this group has something to do with him being missing? Yeah, he disappeared on a Sunday when they hold those crazy church services. Hmm. Um, do you know what this church group is called? Yeah, I'm a Catholic. Hmm. I'm sure you know this, Ma, but sometimes when a man is missing, he has found interest in another woman. So you think that Maybe he has found himself a nice young apostolic lady with, with better blankets than me. There's <laughs> no, a possibility. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I, I know he has many women friends, but when he joined this group, he promised he would turn over a new leaf. <laughs> Do you really want to solve this mystery? Even if the solution makes you unhappy? What difference would it make? I'm unhappy now. <laughs> <laughs> That was a, a clip from the number one ladies detective agency, the BBC One HBO series featuring Jill Scott. So we are here discussing the number one ladies detective agency, but also we are finding um, some we're, we're discussing hashtag bored and blessed from the Hong Kong Writers Circle latest anthology coming to our senses. And so with me is the author of hashtag bored and blessed Nifraz Rifaz. Um, so in I just played a clip from the TV series and in the book, it, it the TV series highlighted what we found in the book is that there's a lot of uh, judgment made against Ma Ramatswe, but also um, that a lot of the cases had to do with infidelity. It's just a lot of women looking for their husbands and where could they be? What is that? Um, the book, although that was mentioned a lot, did find... There were a lot of different cases that Ma Ramatswe solved. And so every chapter was a new case. I was wondering in what you think of how that affects the narrative, the reading, the pace of, of a novel when there are many little stories, kind of like the anthology, little stories. How does that affect or how do you think a reader interprets this? And Because yeah. I think it kind of encourages, you know, to turn the pages so I think that's what you know because there's a suspense because you want to know more because again that's a challenge because for me uh, because why I kind of prefer short stories is because it's like you can like because I'm a very sort of a, a lousy reader because I get bored very easily right so I kind of understand the frustration a novelist would sort of face because you have to keep your you know uh, your reader like you know glued to the book I think maybe that's where you know I think this te technique might work very well because okay. uh, because you know okay there's another interesting story you know uh in the next chapter so right I think, yeah i have found with short stories so up until this anthology i wasn't a fan because whenever i would read a short story not all but i found the endings were abrupt and it's something that just drove me wild because I, I enjoy a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I don't know if it's if it's a style of short story writing to kind of just end a story. Can you speak a bit on that? 
yeah, I think it's a style because you know because you want more, but you know you don't want to give more. And also on a short story, not just not like a novel because you can't have so many sort of you know storylines. You can only have like you know one main story, and then so you can't have like so many plots. So it has to be just one thing. So that's a challenge. So again, just to make sure there's uh, that there's a surprise element at the end. Uh, so you make sure you know there's like a, sometimes you know even because I remember like even my previous stories, most of the people have told me. Why did it end that way? You know, maybe you should they sh- you should have another you know uh, another chapter, mm-hmm. um, but that's how it is. You know, <laughs> that's a short story life. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play another one of the songs you you selected. We have Nora Jones' "Sunrise." Can you let me know or what what made you choose this song? Because I kind of like that uh, song because it kind of you know it takes me to a very sort of relaxed sort of mood. Uh, so I kind of feel like you know because Hong Kong is a very sort of con- uh, crowded place uh, but when you play this song and you know, when you just you know, write, uh, start writing you just feel like you know you are somewhere in the beach just, nice. just you know relaxing alright let's have a listen so that was Ayub Ogada singing uh, with the song Tum Niatiti that is a Kenyan artist our story is based in Botswana. Normally, I find music from the countries that the that our book is about, but um, this book, bo- this artist Ayub Ogada, is someone that the author Alexander McCall Smith, who wrote the book we're discussing. Sorry, the book we're discussing today. Um, what he listens to when he is writing the Ladies Detective series, and so Ayub Ogada is a Kenyan singer, and um, he is using the Nayatiti, which is an eight-stringed lyre um, with its origins credited to the Luo, a tribe in Nyanza, Kenya. So I played that following um, Nora Jones's Sunrise, which is a song that the other author we're discussing, <laughs> or you know, we're discussing today, Nifraz. Um, he's here discussing his short story, hashtag bored and blessed, part of the Hong Kong Writers Circle latest anthology. So um I wanted to mention we were we last spoke about um, we spoke about turning the pages and judgment and um, what's the word prejudices and so forth and and fiction and and truth and experiences um, in the number one ladies detective agency one thing that came up was the issue of gender so. Um, Ma Ramatsue is, is written by a man and she faces her fair share of of prejudice um, as, a, as a woman. And one thing that we kind of agreed upon or, you know, a, a few points were made that were very strong and completely valid was that although the author was very fair in how he described her and described her strengths, um, there were a few things that didn't really add up. Um, One of the readers was saying that there was a lot of uh, inconsistencies in the complexity of the character. So Ma Ramatswe is known as a child to be brilliant and extremely observant and stands out from a crowd because of these skills. Yet, uh, she doesn't do much with her life after school before she starts the agency. So that there's a 14-year gap, and that's made known in the story. But there's no discussion or there's no mention of what she does during that time. And so it, 
uh, one of the readers was just saying, was she just sitting around waiting? Some some of us were saying, well, maybe she's taking care of her father because that is who she lives with. And that is how she managed to start the agency. Her father left her an inheritance. So, um, yes, our reader was saying, you know, for someone who has such a strong upbringing, academic upbringing, and that's mentioned in the book, why is it that there is no mention of what she's done with her life only until she gains an inheritance from her father. And the second point made was uh, she's single, but she's, I guess, separated or divorced. She made a really bad decision in marrying a man who was abusive. And so she states in the, in the story, you know, whenever she's approached by men, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy to be single. But then us readers, we got this backstory about this horrible... Um, experience and another reader was saying why do women need a horrible backstory to be single like why can't we just choose single to be single for the sake of being single what is your what are your thoughts on writing from a different perspective bored and blessed was you pulled from your own um, have you written short stories with just fictional characters not relating to you, your experience? I have, actually. So I wrote a story called uh, Homework that was about a couple of years ago, about six years ago. Again, that was a short story. So so the backdrop for that story was uh, the civil war in Sri Lanka. Okay. Uh, so we had a 30-year-long civil war, which ended in 2009. So what was interesting was even today, the war is ended but the wounds are not healed mm -hmm. uh, so personally I've not like you know although I've been living uh, my whole life in Sri Lanka during the war uh, it has not directly impacted me um, but when I wrote this story I actually like you know uh, sort of you know, chose a character which actually you know had gone through the entire sort of you know the displacement and uh, losing his family his life moving to another place mm -hmm. and yet being sort of, you know, beaten up by, you know, the current sort of, you know, the political system. Uh, so, I mean, so on that story, I was able to sort of, you know, talk to a lot of people and sort of, you know, be more empathetic and then get the, the key points and, you know, uh, to include in this story. So what I realized was because uh, you have to get the empathy, you have to make sure, you know, that your, your reader believes the character, right, from the very first sentence right. so, so, so I think that's again a very big challenge a writer has yes. so I think maybe that's why uh, most of the time like when people tell stories they make sure they have a very horrific you know backstory so it's easier to sort of get that empathy right right easier to explain why where, yeah. yeah why and why you know you should like you know listen to a story read the story so your so i now now know of another short story that you've written homework yeah um do you have an intended audience when you write these stories yes because i think that's again it's a very key point because you have to like you know because when you write something you have to have like one person in mind so when i wrote the story on the war so the person in mind was a friend of mine who used to live in the uk who had no clue about the war Okay. So I was telling the story to her. So that was sort of, you know, my sort of, you know, my sort of uh, angle. And in the meantime, when I wrote this story, Bored and Blessed, mm -hmm. uh, because so when I wrote that story, again, I, I had a, a specific person in my, in my, my mind. It was a Sri Lankan friend who've never sort of left Sri Lanka. 
who always had a sort of you know, uh, a vision about you know maybe this is how Hong Kong might be. So right. I so when I wrote the story, it was like a, you know okay telling a story to her. Okay. So I was sort of explaining Hong Kong to her. So there was this one particular reader. I think uh, so normally I think most of the writers that's some that's an approach that they sort of you know they follow. They keep just one person in mind. Yes. And tell that story. That's funny. I've done some research on radio broadcasting, and it, it was the same thing. It's think of one person just sitting on a couch listening, and just speak to that person. But I, I when I think of that person, they don't really have a gender or a race. It's just a being, and I just want to make sure someone's listening. So I, you know, kind of put in that extra effort for with of. Um, enthusiasm and and all of that um i have a clip of the author speaking on how he justifies writing from the perspective of a a twana woman um so this is alexander mccall smith answering the question um have a listen it's uh from an interview he's had a, a few years ago well, speaking of politics, especially modern day politics, you're obviously a white male writing a black African female character. Do you ever get any blowback about cultural appropriation? Unfortunately, uh, I haven't really had much of that. And I, I think I write my books are set all over the world. I write a whole lot of different series of books with all sorts of different characters. So my characters are drawn from all sorts of cultures. And I think that's the way that fiction should be. And I think as a writer, you're entitled to, to write about all sorts of people. It would be very, very dull if you only wrote about people just like yourself. And so I think it doesn't matter who you're writing about. What you must do, of course, is you must treat people's experience, uh, their experience, which may be very different from your own experience, you treat it with proper respect and consideration. And I think if that rule is observed, then I think one should be able to write about anybody. And I would find it a really uh, very strange if people said, oh, you can't write about so-and-so because you come from a different culture. I just don't think that that's a sustainable and defensible position. So, Nifaz, do you see yourself writing? Uh, or can you tell me, in terms of your history as a as a writer uh do you find you stick to a certain theme or area or would you say your your stories are yeah are, are different one from one to the next because i think uh, each story is different because because i think as long as there's like a, a story to tell mm -hmm. uh, which can move somebody's sort of mindset you know uh, to make to change perception I think that's what I would sort of I, I, I would aim to. So when I wrote the story about the war, it was about you know to, to sort of you know to, to give some light, you know to shed some light, you know uh, to people as well because some people had no clue about the war because people who are I mean I got friends uh, who have been like you know living abroad and they've never experienced you know the war. Uh, so for me, like that story sort of made them you know feel okay how how does it feel like you know to live amidst the war. Again, for, uh, in this story, uh, Bird and Bliss, again, what I want to talk to uh, talk about is the, the immigrant experience for a brown or a black person in Hong Kong. It's totally different because because uh, I, I moved to Hong Kong as an, I mean, technically, I'm, I was supposed to be an expat mm -hmm. because I moved to Hong Kong for work. But again, because of my skin color, I sort of experienced a different sort of, you know, challenge. It's not because even at, at work, if I would sort of share this, nobody would sort of, you know, believe what I would say. 
Right. Right. So, so likewise. So, and then quite recently, I've just completed my writing my first novel. Oh. Yeah. So. Um, Very so exciting. Yes. Exactly. Like, do you share? <laughs> yeah. So I hope so. So I've almost done the first draft. I've been working with the editor now. So hopefully, wow. uh, I'm aiming to get it out by the end of this year. So again, uh, so on on my novel. So what what I'm trying to sort of tackle is about the. Uh, the, the you know uh, again the same the prejudices which happens within the corporate world okay yeah so it's very uh, an interesting sort of you know story yeah and I'm really proud of the story great well I just based on the one I read hashtag board and blast and also homework it sounds like you definitely value educating and bringing about awareness to your readers of experiences that may seem outrageous or impossible and so you're introducing these these ideas and these stories to people in an effort yeah to raise awareness to start a discussion to again empathize with with like each other our neighbors yeah um you had another song Shania Twain, yeah. Forever and For Always. Can you tell me why you chose this song? Because I love this mm-hmm. song because that's my, my wife's favorite song. And again, there's an interesting story because I also mentioned that on my short story. Because yeah. uh, So we had a karaoke, one of my friends organized a karaoke in Hong Kong. Okay. And then they've actually played uh, this song. And then there was a friend of mine uh, who was uh, Canadian. Mm-hmm. And when I started mm-hmm. saying this song, she was surprised that she's like, how do you know Shania Twain? <laughs> right. And I was surprised. I'm like, how, why? Yeah. So, why, so I was surprised as to why she's surprised right. of me knowing her. So, yes. uh, so I think th- so that's why I just thought, okay, maybe I should also, you know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Introduce it to Africa's <laughs> lit listeners, right? Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, with the technology, I mean, the world is exposed, you know, because it's a flat world. Because, mm-hmm. uh, for example, if you look at like my, uh, f- you know, my sort of, you know, the, the playlist, I listen to like Sinhalese song, which is like the, the you know, the, the, the main language in Sri Lanka. I listen to Sinhalese songs. I listen to Tamil songs. I listen to Arabic songs. I listen to Hindi. I listen to English. Mm-hmm. So I listen to all sort of music. Because for me, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, because music is a sort of, an, again, a gateway, you know, which takes you into sort of a different world. So that's how I see it. Uh, so likewise, uh, so even like when you asked me, so I was like, I was, um, Nifraz, you know, can you just sh- share some songs? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it took me a while because I listen to like, you know, all sort of songs. Right. So it took me a while sort of, you know, filter. To, <laughs> right, yeah. to make to make them, them work. Well, I'm familiar with Shania Twain as a Canadian, so I was very happy to see that. And even more, uh, even happier to hear that it's your wife's favorite song. I'm yeah. glad we can play it today for her. Yes. Any dedication? Yeah, it's for, it's for my <laughs> wife because she just, uh, she just started working in Sri Lanka. Uh, so she's a doctor. Uh, so after like seven years, uh, finally, you know, she like, she, she started an internship uh, a month ago. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so this is for her. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. Here we are. So we are on Africa's Lit. I'm your host, Daniela. Today I'm with a special guest, Nifraz Rifaz, who is a writer here in Hong Kong, specializes in short stories. And today we discuss his short story, Hashtag Bored and Blessed, which is part of the Hong Kong Writers Circle latest anthology called Coming to Our Senses. And so we discussed Hashtag Bored and Blessed and writing styles and themes that come up with writing. And we compared them and uh, to 
the latest book that the Africa Center Book Club has read, which was the number one ladies detective agency written by Alexander McCall Smith. Um, so, Nifraz, before we go, uh, you briefly mentioned writing a novel and it's in the editing stages now. Uh, how can people get in touch with you or find out more about you or, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because my email address is nifrazrifaz at gmail .com, and I also got my website again. My it's my name nifrazrifaz.com. Okay. So when you go there, you can find out my stories. Because uh, what I did also didn't mention is I also do like stand up sort of storytelling. Lovely. Uh, so yeah, so that's again something I've started ex doing in Hong Kong. Uh, so the, so I mean. In fact, I'm a storyteller, so I do sort of, I kind of exp explore and experiment all kind of, you know, ways to sort of change perception of people, whether it's on writing or, you know, on oral. Uh, so you can log into my website and also you can follow me on my IG page. Again, it's my name, Nifraz Rifraz. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, in terms of the Hong Kong Writers Circle, has do you know um, if anything has changed with the current situation with the the coronavirus are you still writing do you know if there is an anthology expected yes, exactly so so i'm working on the next anthology and the deadline is on, on the 20th of this month wow yeah. <laughs> like in a few days exactly so i've, I've like uh, i'm just busy sort of you know doing the final editing of the story but again for the theme for this year was you know like uh, what happened in hong kong last year uh, mm. the protest uh, so that has been the theme uh so yeah so all right so it, it's gonna be a very interesting anthology i bet yeah i bet it's been a crazy crazy year hong kong and uh and even now uh, with i guess the rest of the world um so thank you nifraz for joining me on africa's lit today and thanks so much for having me here i think i really enjoy the conversation great. you're doing a fabulous job thank you very <laughs> much um i also had a great time talking with you and thank you for sharing about uh your story and thank you for wanting to share your story to a greater audience and for seeking out places like hong kong writers circle in order to do that, to grow your platform. So for anyone listening, I'm going to really suggest finding Nifraz. You said nifrazrifaz.com, nifrazrifaz at gmail.com, and then even on, on Instagram, at nifraz underscore rifaz. Yes, yes, that's correct. Awesome. So Africa's Lit, we are following the books chosen by Africa Center Hong Kong. Our next book is called August Town, written by a Jamaican author, Key Miller. And so we are meeting at the Africa Center, which is in uh, TST. And we are meeting on July 22nd, which is next week, Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Please join us. Read as much as you can of the book. You can find Africa Center Hong Kong on Facebook and find all their events posted there and also on Instagram but under their name, Africa Center HK. I wanted to mention some of the songs we heard today. So for those listening on Spotify, today I played for you Nora Jones' Sunrise, MIA Borders, Shania Twain, Forever and For Always. Ayub Ogada Tum Nyatiti V Lechale. And I'm going to be signing off 
with another song from Botswana. This is George Swabi, and his song is Baga Manguato. And this uh, George Swabi is a renowned local folk singer in Botswana. So thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Daniela, and I look forward to reading more and speaking more next time.